Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit ecoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at ecoegt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. Will not be shaken. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for meeting us here this morning. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering one more time. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you, GT Worship. How many believe the Lord's doing a great work in your life? Amen? You believe that the best is yet to come. I read this cute little story. It was titled, Mother in a Storm. One summer evening during a violent thunderstorm, a a mother was tucking her small boy into bed. She was about to turn off the light when he asked with a trembling little voice, Mommy, Will you sleep with me tonight? The mother smiled and gave him a reassuring hug. I can't, dear, she said. I have to sleep with your daddy. A long silence was broken at last by his shaky little voice. That big sissy. Be careful who you look at, ladies. (laughs) That look can tell a whole lot. You know, if we're honest, sometimes we carry a whole lot of guilt or stress over the fact of trying to have the perfect family. However, I want to remind you today, the scriptures have a lot to say about family and family life. But the Word of God specializes in broken families. Eugene Peterson, in his book, Growing Up with Teenager, he writes, a search of Scripture turns up one rather surprising truth. There are no perfect families. Not a single family is portrayed in Scripture in such a way as to invoke admiration in us. He writes, there are many family stories. There is considerable reference to family life, and there is sound counsel to to guide the growth of families, but not a single model family for anyone to look up to in either awe or envy. Think about it. Adam and Eve are no sooner out of the garden than their children get in a fight. Think about Shem and Ham or Jephthah are forced to devise a strategy to hide their father's drunken shame. What about Jacob and Esau? They're bitter bitter rivals and sow seeds of discord that that bear centuries of bitter harvest. Joseph and his brothers bring changes on the themes of sibling rivalry and parental favoritism. 
Jesse's sons, brave and loyal in their service of their country, are cruel to their youngest brother. But David is unfortunate in both wives and children. He is a man after God's own heart and Israel's greatest king, but he cannot manage his own household. You fast forward to the New Testament, even the family of Jesus, where, where, where we might expect something different, there is exposition of the same theme. The picture in Mark chapter 3 strikes us as typical rather than exceptional. Jesus is active, healing the sick and comforting the distress and fulfilling his calling as the Messiah while his mother and brothers are outside trying to get him to come home quite confident that he has lost his mind, that he is crazy. Jesus' family criticizes and does not appreciate. It misunderstands and does not comprehend the truth and the reality of who he is. See, the biblical material consistently portrays the family not as the Norman Rockwell group beaming in gratitude around a Thanksgiving turkey, but it shows families in a series of broken relationships in need of redemption. So what we discover is we are in, we're in great company. Let's turn to our passage of Ruth chapter 1. Continuing our sermon series in the book of Ruth from tragedy to triumph. We begin reading in verse 7. I read out of the New Living Translation. With her two daughters-in-law, she set out from the place where she had been living. Talking about Naomi. And they took the road that would have led them back to Judah. But on the way, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back to your mother's home. May the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. And may the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye and they all broke down and wept. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, why should you go on with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who would grow up to be your husbands? No, my daughters. Return to your parents' home, for I am too old to marry again. And even if it were possible, and I were to get married tonight and bear his sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. These things are far more bitter for me than for you. Because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. And again, they wept together, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. Now notice this in verse 18. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. So the two of them continued on their journey. You and I are allowed to peer in to that journey. 
and to gather truths today. Before I move forward, let me say happy Mother's Day to all of our moms. Let's keep those in prayer who have lost their mothers. Let's keep those in prayer who desire to be a mom, but as of yet are not. Let's also keep in prayer those moms who have lost a child. These can be very sobering times for them as ladies. So let's lift them up in prayer as we celebrate the great contributions of our mothers today. We're in a powerful sermon series on the book of Ruth, titled From Tragedy to Triumph. And we are highlighting how the Lord will take us from the most hurtful moments to a new season of blessing. Now, this sometimes requires a turnaround on our part. Sometimes it requires a commitment to new behavior on our part. And other times it requires an attitude of sweet trust to and in a higher plan. I'm here to remind you today that God has a higher plan for you. You may find yourself in the midst of bitter situations. You may find yourself in the midst of tragic situations, but but lift up your head because your redemption draws nigh. Because God is for you and not against you. He has a plan and a purpose, and he's going to do a divine reversal in your life. Can somebody say amen? I trust you have a bulletin you received when you came in the front doors this morning. On the back of that bulletin is the sermon notes. The first fill in the blank is this. Write the word decisions. Decisions. Life is about decisions. Your future blessings or lack thereof are based upon the decisions you make today. The story is surrounding three individuals, three widows on a journey. Verse 8 says, but on the way, Naomi said to her daughter-in-laws, go back to your mother's home and may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. I remind you, Naomi's husband has died. Orpah and Ruth's husbands, Naomi's two sons, they too have died. In verse 9, she says, may the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Get that, the key, the security to another marriage. There is joy found in marriage. There is joy found between a, a husband and a wife. Can you say amen? She kissed them goodbye. And they broke down and wept. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. Let's spend a few moments and talk about Naomi because I can't, I can't think of a greater, greater example of a mother than Naomi. Naomi was a woman who had faith in the Lord. And I want to show you some things that are evidence of her faith in God. Naomi was a woman of prayer. In verses 8 and 9, we have her first attempt to persuade Orpah and Ruth to return to Moab. Twice she says, may the Lord, may the Lord show his kindness to you. May the Lord, in verse 9, may the Lord bless you. See, prayer to the Lord is the expression of knowledge and faith in him. And Naomi believed that the Lord was sovereign over the events in the world. Otherwise, there would be no point in her praying to him. Now, I want to remind you that, that your life is not governed by chance or happen chance. It's not governed by luck today. 
is governed by the sovereign hand of a compassionate, merciful God. And though we may make wrong decisions in our life, yet through his sovereignty, if we'll turn to him, uh, he can cause all things to work out for his glory and his good. Can somebody say amen? Naomi believed that any good thing is a gift of the Lord's kindness. Verse 8 and 9 is revealed by the content of her prayer for her daughters-in-law. The King James puts it this way, may the Lord deal kindly with you. She recognized that if they were to have new husbands, that they would be a gift of the Lord's kindness. Oh, just a little quick note here, ladies. Realize we men are our gifts of kindness to you. <laughs> just got to stick it in somewhere today. Naomi, what we learn about Naomi and we see her faith is that she acted unselfish toward others. The words that are recorded in verse 11 and verse 13 are moving. Naomi replied, why should you go on with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your husbands? In verse 13 she says, would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. Things are far more bitter for me than for you. So you, you see the unselfishness of Naomi. She urged her daughters-in-law not to sacrifice their future for her. Her thoughts were for their welfare and not her own. She also had a balanced view of the Lord. And it's imperative that we have a balanced view of God. Understanding the Lord's sovereignty in all things, she recognized that her bitter experiences were from him. Behind this appears to be a recognition that when she and Emelech moved to Moab, that it was a, a, a wrong move, it was a bad move. And she understood that the Lord had allowed the consequences to come to his people. However, that they could find mercy in the midst of those things. See, we need to have a balanced view of who God is. He's not a candy man that, that, that hands out blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing without calling for, for obedience in our life. A balanced view of God is recognizing his sovereignty and recognizing that, yes, he will bless you, but there's the call to obedience by our life. There's the call to be led by the Spirit and to live a Spirit-led life. What you know about Naomi is this. She had an attractive faith. If her faith had not been attractive, Ruth is unlikely to have clung to her and expressed her desire that Naomi's God be her God. Now, I remind you that Naomi was Ruth's mother-in-law. We have positive proof that you can have good relationships with your in-laws. Somebody say Amen. It's important because Christy and I are in a new season of our life. We now have two daughter-in-laws. <laughs> we want to have a great relationship, amen? You can have that. Ruth was attracted to Naomi's God because Naomi made her God attractive. Now, that obviously brings a whole lot of questions and thoughts to us. Write this under B. 
Emotion versus commitment. Emotion versus commitment. Now, Orpah, Orpah started out with Naomi, but soon changed her mind and returned to Moab. Let me tell you something interesting about Moab. In in Psalm 60, verse 8, did you know Moab is referred to as a wash pin? Moab is referred to as a wash pin. Orpah started out saying, I want to follow you. I want to be where you are, but soon changed her mind and returned to the wash bin. The first part of verse 14, and again, they wept together, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. The first part of verse 15, look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Write this under B1. Emotional decisions lead to temporary change. Emotional decisions lead to temporary change. How many times have we made a decision based on emotions Only when things become difficult and hard, we begin to change our mind. We begin to to change and we become like a wave of the sea tossed to and fro because we're making decisions based uh, on emotion. Orpah started out with Naomi but returned to her homeland. Now write this under B2. Decisions grounded in faith led to commitments and lead to commitments. I believe when Ruth saw the faith of Naomi, she had spent time with Naomi. She understood that she wanted her God to be the God of her life. It was a decision based upon faith. If you'll make decisions today based in faith, it'll lead to commitment in your life. It'll lead to change in your life. It'll lead to the blessings of the Lord. Which brings us to our second point. Your God will be my God. Ruth replied, do not ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. And wherever you die, Naomi, I will die. And there I will be buried. This is probably the most famous words in all of Ruth. Where you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. There's such beautiful, poetic words that we use them at wedding after wedding after wedding. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And wherever you die, I will die. I want you to notice something about Ruth. Under A, Ruth's exceptional loyalty. Ruth was loyal to Naomi. In our society today, loyalty is a rare commodity. We need people who will be loyal, first of all, to their God and loyal one to the other. Ruth's exceptional love. This is clearly, there is clearly emotion in these words. There is clearly passion in these words. It is obvious that this love is born out of experience. It's not just something that Ruth is saying. It's not just something she came up with, but it's born out of the experience. They had walked through some stuff together. There's something that brings unity and brings loyalty. When we walk through life together, 
No doubt they had learned to lean on each other. In the midst of their sorrow, in the midst of their heartache, in the midst of their pain, they found comfort one in the other, and they learned to lean on each other. And they learned to count on each other. Ruth's exceptional love is born out of experience. Write this under two, it's born out of time. Now, we are not afforded the knowledge of how much time has passed from from uh, the time Ruth was brought into the family through marriage. But we are left to assume that it's been many years. And it's during this time of love. It's during this time a love for a mother-in-law was nurtured and sustained. Now let me make an observation here. This speaks well of Naomi's personality and nature as a mother-in-law. We want healthy families. We want healthy relationships. We want healthy relationships with in-laws. Then we have to be healthy ourselves. When we are healthy ourselves, then it helps breed healthiness in other relationships around us. So, So this exceptional love is born out of experience. It's born out of time. And it's born out of relationship. See, this love flows out of a relationship, not simply time, but investment in a relationship. Which brings me to a question. Are we investing in the significant relationships in our lives? Relationships that matter. Sometimes we're spending time on relationships that don't matter. How about us taking time to invest in the relationships that do matter? Under C, write this, Ruth's exceptional determination. Exceptional determination. Verse 15, look, Naomi said to Ruth, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Naomi replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Now, verse 18, when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, She said nothing else. Notice that phrase, when Naomi saw, she observed. She could see with her eyes. She saw the evidence of Ruth's determination and commitment. Let's spend a few moments and ask the question, what did Naomi see? Naomi saw in Ruth, She saw something more than just mere emotion. It was more than just a temporary decision. It was more than just a decision based upon the emotions of the moment. Write this. She saw more than mere words. See, words are important, but actions are also important. Sometimes when we use many words... Words lose their significance. I can remember younger years in marriage. I'd say, I love you to my wife. And she said, well, show me you love me. See, what she was saying, and it's it's easy to say the words, but what she's looking for is the evidence of those words. And what Naomi saw in Ruth was something more than just words. She saw a commitment. She saw a determination. She saw one that had set her face toward a decision. 
and she was not going to let go. She was not going to change her mind. She was not going back to the waste pit. She was not going back to to Moab, but she was going to serve the God of Naomi. She was going to serve the God who could change her life. And like this, we too have to show more than just mere words. We have to make a determination, a decision, and we got to decide, and it's not based on emotion, but it's based upon he can change my life. He can give me blessing. He can work and give me eternal life. It's not based upon a, a mere emotion of the moment because we're in trouble. It's based upon decision that says, I need help, and I want him. What did Naomi see? What she saw in Ruth, she saw passion. Men, women, let me, let me tell you, let me urge you, may people see passion in your life. May people see passion for the Lord. May people see passion that we have for our family. Passion that we have for doing the right thing, not the easy thing. I submit to you that Orpah chose the easy road. Orpha chose what was familiar. Orpha chose what was convenient. And she went back to Moab. She went back to the waste pits. But Ruth chose that which was difficult, that which was going to require sacrifice, that which was going to require the possibility of her dreams never being fulfilled, but it was the right thing to do. We need people with passion to do the right thing because it's the right thing, not because they're going to get something in return for it. We need people who's going to be passionate about about serving the Lord, not for his blessings, but because he's the God who created them, and he's the God who gives life to them, and he's the one who can give eternal life. They only saw passion in her. Now write this, she saw firmness. She saw firmness. Think of this great decision. Think of the sacrifice Ruth was willing to make. Walter Baxendale in his commentary writes this. Ruth sacrificed all the pleasures, all the friendships of her youth, all the hopes of better days in her own country, and she chooses banishment here for Naomi's sake. She chose banishment. For Naomi's sake, is this not a wonderful picture of discipleship? Is this not a wonderful picture of what Christ, of what a Christ follower is to be and to do? Hear the words of Jesus recorded in Luke's gospel. Luke 14, verse 33, you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own, without giving up and letting go. The Christian's Patmos is God's way to paradise. You remember Patmos was the island that John the Revelator was exiled to. But he was willing to to live in Patmos in order to experience the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And when you and I are passionate about the things of God, we may have to make a decision to let some things go. We may have to let a decision to to release some things in our life, but I promise you God will reward you. I promise you God will reveal himself to you. And I promise you a double portion is in your future. 
Somebody give God praise. This is the same determination Paul had when knowing troubles and persecutions awaited him in Jerusalem. However, he chose to go anyway. Acts 20 verse 24, Paul says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus Christ. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. He says, my life is worth nothing unless I use it for what my purpose and destiny is. When you make a decision to let go of some things, to fulfill your purpose and destiny, it may appear like sacrifice at first, but there's a blessing coming. Which brings us to our third and final point. Positioning yourself for greater things. <laughs> Positioning yourself for greater things. Ruth aligned herself with the God of Israel. When you align yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ, then you are aligning with your purpose. You are aligning with your destiny. You've been created in the image of God. Did you hear me? You've been created in the image of God. And the only way you can find true purpose and destiny is when you line yourself up with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And when you position yourself with him through obedience and faith, what you are doing is you are aligning yourself with his purpose and his destiny over your life. Jeremiah 29, 11, the King James says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. That phrase, an expected end, means a future and a hope. The feeling of something good is on the horizon. The feeling that says something good is about to happen. The feeling that says my life is on a trajectory of blessing rather than cursing. Why? Because I position myself with the word of the living God. And I position myself with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And when I position myself, church, God is going to move. God is going to work in my life. Write this under B. She aligned herself with her future blessings. I want to challenge you today. Align yourself with future blessings. Align yourself with the present and future blessings of God in your life. So let me ask a very pointed question. What decisions do you need to make? What actions do you need to take in order to align yourself with the blessings of the Lord? Now, I want to remind you something about this story. I want to remind you something about the book of Ruth. At this moment, Ruth's destiny was unknown to her. At this moment, Ruth's destiny, the importance of her decisions, was unknown to her. Now, I want you to write this. When you line up with what is in front of you, what is in front of you today, then we invoke future blessings in our lives. When you align yourself up 
with what is in front of you today. You invoke the future blessings of the Lord. We have the blessing of reading the book from front to cover. We have the blessing of knowing the whole story of Ruth. We understand the importance of this decision because just another chapter over in two chapters, we can see the provision of God. But I submit at the moment she was making that decision, Ruth did not understand. But what she was doing is she was lining herself up with future blessings. This is a walk of faith. It is a walk of faith. This is a walk of trust. You cannot see next week. You cannot see next year. You cannot see five years from now. But if you'll take God at his word, if you'll trust him that there's a right and there's a wrong and you'll choose the right path, I promise you, you'll be aligning yourself up with the, with, with the blessings of God. And though there may be some tough decisions in your life, though it may seem like you're going to walk in barrenness, but hear me today, when you line yourself up, God's going to begin to work. God's going to begin to move because some things going to be released in your life. It takes trust. It takes courage. Oh, we need courage in the 21st century. What happens is you see God begins to move. God begins to move in the life of Naomi and Ruth. They arrive at the beginning of the barley harvest. Now, if you have the book of Ruth open, go to chapter 2, verse 1, just for a moment. Chapter 2, verse 1, and want you to see. Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz. <laughs> who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. There was a wealthy, influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz. Wealthy, influential, and he just happened to be a relative of Elimelech. He was their kinsman redeemer. See, culture that day was this, is when, uh, when the husband would die, then his brothers would marry the widow and then have children, but the children were in the name of the son or the brother who died. But the tragedy of this story is, is both sons, both brothers had died. So then it came to a family member, but while in, the, while in Moab, there was no family. So in order to have a blessing, they had to return to Bethlehem. They had to, they had to make a U-turn. And sometimes in our life, in order for us to have a blessing, we got to be willing to do a U-turn. we got to be willing to make some changes. we got to be willing to do something a little bit different so we can align ourselves up with the Word of God. And when we align ourselves up with the word of God, I'm here to tell you the blessings of God will begin to flow in our life. But it's hard. It's difficult. It's not easy. Ruth had to leave everything she knew, childhood relationships. She had to leave important relationships, the family of her mom. She had to leave. But when she did, she positioned herself for something great. Let me tell you what Boaz represents. Boaz represents God's provision. Boaz represents God's plan. 
Boaz represents God's purpose. God was positioning Ruth and Naomi for blessing beyond their imagination. The writer of the New Testament says, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. God's already designed you for blessing. Boaz represented their double portion. Church, I'm here to remind you, get ready for your Boaz. Your double portion is about to arrive because God is arranging. God is orchestrating. He is causing things to come together because your double portion is in your near future. The question is, have I positioned myself for God to give me a double portion? And because you position yourself today, God is about to align some things in your life because he has purposed and declared a double portion is yours in 2018. You've made some sacrifices. You've made some decisions. Others may not understand it, but the God of heaven and earth has taken notice. He sees your heart and your Boaz is on his way. Can somebody give God praise today? It's your double portion. Ruth positioned herself for greater blessing. Will you position yourself? Ruth positioned herself for her blessing. Will you position yourself? Will you make the tough, hard decisions? Will you do what is necessary to receive your double portion? The reality of the matter is this. The enemy has deceived a whole lot of people into thinking, I can get my double portion without doing anything. Hear me. you got to align yourself up with the living God to receive that double portion. Naomi had, a, had an attractive faith. Is your faith attractive to your neighbor? Is your faith attractive to in-laws? Is your faith attractive to your co-workers? Are you ready for your Boaz? As soon as you're ready, God will bring that double portion in your life. Boaz is in the wings waiting to come. God's just waiting for you to line up. And when you align yourself, Boaz is ready. I'm talking about a double portion. I'm talking about that provision. I'm talking about that future blessing. For Ruth, this walk was a walk of faith, a walk of trust, and a walk of courage. What steps do you and I need to take what decisions do we need to make? Will we say, your God will be my God? Will we trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior? Let us pray. We live in a culture that wants blessing, but not sacrifice. We want double portion, 
But we're not interested in this thing called obedience. Ruth had to make a decision. Naomi, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Where you go, I will go. It's a great picture of discipleship. Everybody wants to go to heaven. But not everybody's willing to make the decisions appropriately to get there. The Word of God lays out to us the requirements to have eternal life. And that is, that is to accept God's gift, to believe in God's gift, and to confess Jesus, God's gift, as Lord of your life. If you're here this morning very quickly, you're here today without delay. You're here today and you're ready to make some tough decisions. You're ready to make a decision to follow Jesus. You're ready to turn back toward Jerusalem, toward Bethlehem, the house of bread. You're tired of living in the wash pit. You're tired of living in the wash basin of this world. And you're ready. You're ready for Christ to make a difference in your life. And you want to line yourself up with the blessings of God by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If that's you, real quick, just put your hand up just for a moment. Put your hand up in the air and then put it back down. I see that hand in the back. God loves you. God loves you. God knows exactly where you are. God sees your life and he tells and says your life matters. Mom, will you make a decision today that your faith will be so attractive that the members of your household will say, I want your God to be my God? Will you make your faith so attractive to others that they'll say, I want to know this Jesus. You're here today, all of us, men, women, young men, young ladies, you're here today and you'll say, I want to line myself, I want to line myself up with the blessings of God. If that's you, I wonder if you could stand with us as a congregation. And you'll say, Lord, I line myself up right now with the blessings of God. Will you do that right now? Just where you are, just begin to worship God. Begin to worship God. If there's some decisions in your life you need to make, just begin to make them mentally right now. Just mentally right now. Begin to make those decisions. Begin to make those decisions. Begin to count that cost. Begin to line yourself up with the blessings of God. A double portion is coming. A double portion is on its way. The blessing of God is yours. The blessings of God are yours. Reach out. Receive it today. Reach out. Receive it today. Reach out. Receive it today. Let's worship Him.